gonna get into the introduction mode. Sipping the beer. Oh yeah. God dang it, Bobby, oh, if you oh. were my son, I'd hug you. And welcome back to the For Film State Podcast, everybody. I am Brian Archida. And I'm Chris Lucky. And today we are going to be talking about one of our favorite directors, mm-hmm. Edgar fucking Wright. Edgar Wright. Yeah. Um, but before we get into any Edgar Wright goodness, because I'm excited, I fucking love this guy. Yeah. And if you let me ramble about him, I will. All right. Um, <clears throat> uh, before we do any of that, what the fuck's up? What, what's been up, happened last week? Uh, the catch-up. Um, oh, the um, I was telling you about it earlier, the uh, web series that I'm in, Checkmate. Oh, yeah, that's It's right. going to be premiering this weekend. That's um, true. So by the time this episode goes up, we can have a link for something for it. Yeah, we'll uh, put it up somewhere. Yeah, support Jake and Jake. They are doing some good work, I hope, because I haven't seen it yet, but I assume that they're doing some very good work. And <laughs> <laughs> and that's a beautiful thing that just happened. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to shout them out, but maybe I'm gambling on this. Definitely so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Jake and Jake, they were friends with us at the Art Institute, mm-hmm. and they they left the Institute, but yeah. they're doing their own stuff now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have their own studio and everything yeah, they do. over in Noda, so yeah. success to them. I'm gonna, we're going to put a link to that over there yeah. in the doobly-doo description yeah. thing. Yep. And you can check it out, and Chris is in it, so you can, you can finally see this. There's uh, the voice of the big black guy in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if you if you remember from uh, three or four episodes ago where we talked about a crackhead offering us uh, food but didn't have macaroni and called me fat, that's that whole episode right there where that took place. So <laughs> have fun with that. Ah, uh, that was uh, that crackhead. Yeah, that was great. But uh, yeah, so that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Link in the description. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else have we we've been? I feel like we've been so busy. We have. Then when we try to recollect what's happening, our brain just goes like. Yeah, yeah. So like, I know that we've been working on the last projects for the the quarter. Yeah, yeah. Because we're almost done. We're a week away. Thank Mm -hmm. fuck. One week. Recording, and uh, we have a huge uh, pitch for Mm. Rocky because it was our product that we chose. And we're working on that, and we like, and we've been fucking up and fixing and fucking up and fixing and fucking up and fixing. Mostly fucking up, but also fixing. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, we're finally so excited to see the light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, fuck, so good. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, we've what have we done? <laughs> um, I had a, a weird thing happen at uh, at work. You know, I'm in the film cage. Right. Um, like two or three days ago. There's a, I'm, I'm going to reference this, this person because I doubt she listens to podcasts at all. <laughs> so um, for about the past three weeks, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sitting in my film in the cage. And you know how the cage is. You're in there isolated. You're by yourself. There's solitude. Right. And the only people you can talk to are just students. And if they stay by that, that, that um, the, the cage, <laughs> then I just pray. Just talk to me, please. <laughs> You're like at the mercy <laughs> of their agenda. Yes. <laughs> you know, there's, uh, there's one particular um, young lady. She's been coming there for about three or four weeks. She's a fashion student. So she has no business. I in, think I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, too. yeah. She has no business in our building whatsoever. But she's a great conversationalist. Mm-hmm. You know, she she let me know about her um, her voodoo practices and um, and uh, asked, <laughs> for anyone that didn't see that, I just shook my head like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, she um, she has some type of voodoo and she can um, astral project and things. And this is the thing because it sounds so ridiculous. It sounds right. so ridiculous, but 
I had so much respect for her after the first conversation that I didn't want to call her on her bullshit and then like have to just like not respect her anymore. Right. So I would rather just like let her tell me that and not find <laughs> out if it's true or not. <laughs> yeah. It's so, like, okay, lady. Yeah, you can you can actually yeah. project you got voodoo. As long you as you stick around and you talk to me yeah. and say all the crazy shit that you want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just talk to me. You can say whatever the fuck. I don't even care. You know, but all right. So, so I'm, I'm holding these conversations, and she'll stand there for two or three hours. You know, I'm in there I for five her. hours. Yeah, yeah. So she'll still stand, stand there for hours, and um, and we've talked about everything. You know, tops to bottoms and everything in between. And this last conversation, a guy came up and he was like, um, he was talking about his daughter. Mm-hmm. He was like, how? And she said, how old is your daughter? Uh, he's like, oh, she's twenty, uh, thirty-two. And I was like, that's a big difference. You know, right. it's like, oh, well, I have a son that's 28 and my daughter's 32. And I was like, oh, I get you how you can get that mixed up. I have a daughter. She's seven years old right now. And then the girl was like, what? Yeah, you have a daughter? I'm like, yeah, we've, I thought we talked about this already. And now keep in mind. <laughs> I, I really, I have an expectation of how oh, yeah. the aftermath of this conversation went. And I really mm-hmm. want to know if I'm accurate. All I'm right, so right. excited. All right, so over these past four or five weeks, I've been adamantly telling her about my girlfriend right over and over and over like me, my girlfriend this my girlfriend that same way i do on the podcast no nothing hidden there you right. know so i knew that she knew about the, the girlfriend you know right so then just in the passing of a conversation with another guy i mentioned that i have a daughter she's like oh you have a daughter i'm like yeah she's like why didn't you ever tell me that and it's like the whole thing and i told my girlfriend about it she was like yeah she was like she didn't give a damn that you had a girlfriend she's like the girlfriend is expendable she can get rid of that girlfriend but now that you have a kid it's just like oh oh okay she well, can I kill a 20 year old woman exactly. killing a seven-year-old kid that's another fucking that's a different story i was like what kind of shit is this you you were all down to talk to me for five hours at a time each day even though i had a girlfriend right. but having a kid nope you, i can't even mm-mm. okay I, I, this was uh last week on the cage yeah right yeah have you worked the cage at all this week yeah okay. um tuesday has she been around? She was there Tuesday. She was there Tuesday. Yeah. Okay, I was. If if she had just disappeared after that conversation, that mm. would have made my fucking. No, the day. conversation was on Tuesday. Oh, the, oh, the oh, day oh, that oh. you came up there, I believe, what was that Tuesday? Right? Oh yeah, I like Monday I said or hi Tuesday. To them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Tuesday. Yeah, because we. Uh, yeah, that's fucking. That day, it was that day. All right. Well, <laughs> you work tomorrow on the cage. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't show up, then I know. So- show up in the next two weeks. Yeah, then I know, you know something. No, she just wanted the dick. She just wanted the damn Daffy Duck dick. <laughs> I swear for you. I like the fact that it's Daffy Duck because he, he was the one that spit a lot. He was. <laughs> I just like the alliteration of the whole thing. The Daffy, Daffy Duck, Duck dick, dick. The 3D. The triple D. <laughs> Some of that triple D. That Daffy Duck dick. All right. I, I, I now remembered what we were going to talk about for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor fucking lady. I hope she doesn't. She didn't get her, her wet dreams too much. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, we, I watched X-Men. Oh, we, we, we were t- having to talk about mm-hmm. X-Men. Mm. At school, because I fucking love the new X Men movie, X Men mm. Apocalypse. When, when when you say love, I say that it wasn't a great. It was no, in any means, it was not a great movie. Like love, like you love your mother. So right. you got the X Men movie, <laughs> and you got the, your mother here. One of them has to go. <laughs> are you are you gonna hold on to the X Men movie? <laughs> it's like your mom or your future kid, the yeah. X Men movie. Yep. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I really did enjoy. I loved that movie. It was a really good movie, Mm -hmm. but not a great, well, not a well-made movie by any means of the imagination. Mm. Sorry, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. 
but it was so full of cheese. It's just I heard. cheese on cheese on cheese on cheese. They yeah. should have served wine at the fucking showing of that movie. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I seen the first 20 minutes of it, and mm-hmm. I was trying to steal it on the internet, so the yeah. quality wasn't that great. After 20 minutes, I had to give up. I intended to go back and watch it, mm-hmm. but just the reviews have stopped me from watching it. The, the reviews thing. are not good. Yeah. And this is why they're not good. Mm. This is my, my theory. Because mm. that movie, yeah. five years ago, would have been amazing. I'll People would have loved it. I can see that. And it's it's Marvel's fault. Mm. <laughs> it's just Marvel's fault why yeah. that movie's making so yeah. poor reviews. Because the movie is not... an ex- It's not a cinematic universe. Mm. It's not a fucking... Like, oh, we're setting up a movie that's coming out 20 years yeah, from yeah, now. Yeah. It's just a movie. Just it's the same movie. X-Men movie. They're introducing new characters. They explain why well, Charles Xavier is bald. Yeah. They introduce Nightcrawler, who was wearing a fucking Michael Jackson jacket for half the fucking movie. What the, the fuck? The thriller. <laughs> wow. Uh, which made me laugh a lot when I found out. I went with a friend, and we were just kind of like watching the movie. Yeah. And I just kind of turned to her and I go like, is wearing the Triller jacket. <laughs> the Triller. <laughs> and some dude behind me heard me and just yeah. bursted out laughing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, the movie was so much... It was not it was not real written. Yeah. I don't know why the fuck Apocalypse wanted to fuck up the whole, the whole world. Yeah. I don't care why Apocalypse wanted to do it. Yeah. I don't care why Quicksilver wanted to go find the mansion. I don't care why Magneto wanted to do anything. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It was yeah. just fun... GC fucking like I'm Magneto I'm Charles I'm Apocalypse fuck all of you okay it was just so much stupid fun because in a world where superhero movies are trying too hard to be you know real and half political red tape like Mm. the Avengers Mm. which are good but I just like that Brian Singer went like nah let's just bring back the good old 2000 X-Men okay and like but they they are doing some stuff with the timeline so now Wolverine is like actually the Wolverine from the comics he's Mm. Weapon X not Mm. some bullshit that happened yeah the timeline is all the way fucked oh that timeline has been fucked so it looks like swiss cheese by now yeah um but it it was a lot of fun and if you just want like a stupid fun movie yeah just go watch x-men apocalypse i mean mean, it's genuinely a good time i don't i don't have any problem with that a stupid fun movie yeah it's just like the only problem i had was when the the great best movie ever like i mean it's like i've seen a 42 percent on rotten tomatoes and then everybody at the school was telling me how great this movie is and i'm just like what the fuck is going on it's just a fun movie fun okay people take it too far yeah like i know what that movie is it was schlock it was was like what i like to call schlock yeah you want to see people punch each other fine all right because um, the impact, the impact wasn't there. Like the movie came out, mm-hmm. it talk, was talked about for four days, and then it was gone. Right. Civil War, I mean, two weeks of nonstop talking about this movie after it came out. Right. It's also, I mean, it's also like the fucking it's event, it's a war, you know, like it's mm-hmm. it's Marvel universe. Yeah. And like they got that shit down on lock, and like Fox is trying to get into that market. They're going to. Is, is don't they have like a, a deal with some? Um, if they don't make a movie every seven years, then they lose the rights to uh, to X Men and Fantastic Four. I think it was every that 20. I saw. 20 years? I think so. That's ridiculous. I think originally, yeah. That is ridiculous. Well, no, no, no. It is seven years. Yeah. It is seven years now. Yeah. Originally, it was like 20. Yeah. Like they held the license for 20. But so now it's, it's like every seven years every if they don't make years. them. Which is why Fan Forstick came out. Yep. Because uh, Fox doesn't want to give up that license. Do you know they're still planning with following through with the sequel to this fantastic? Really? Yes. What the fuck? I, know, they... I know, man. <laughs> fire, fire the fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. Let him make a proper movie and then make another fucking Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, but superhero movies aside, uh, I, I was really bummed out because I didn't have the time or the money to go see the nice guys. Yeah. And actually, the reason why I saw X Men with uh, with my friend mm-hmm. was because we were gonna go see the nice guys. Yeah. But they took it off the theater. Yeah. Not not took it off the theater, but they moved up the showing. Okay. 
like the same day that I was gonna go see it. That's and the, so we had missed it. That's the Ryan Gosling and uh Russell Crowe. And Russell Crowe, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were gonna go see that, which is a great movie, according mm. by every person that I talked to. Same, yeah. Great movie. Mm-hmm. So we were bummed we couldn't see that. We saw X Men okay. instead. And now I still haven't had time or money to go see The Lobster, which is another one that I really want to see. You know, I, I take like a weird, like, <laughs> just, <laughs> so just because the simple fact that I just mentioned The Lobster mm-hmm. two weeks ago, I'm taking all credit for it being a successful movie. Right. <laughs> all the credit. It's like, I made this, motherfucker. I fucking made this movie. I got Colin Farrell and I told him what to do. <laughs> Fuck y'all, bitches. Oh, yeah. The money's mine. Just you should that. sue the company. That I should it. sue him. I, should, I deserve a piece of that profit. You know how many people listen to this podcast? <laughs> At least three. <laughs> All three of those people went to go see The Lobster. That's fucking great. Yeah, no, that movie, I really wanted to see it. It looks really fun. It does. And I looked it up after you talked about it, actually. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, that looks really good. Yeah, yeah, hey. And uh, I, I still haven't been at the chance to see it, so I'm probably going to see that next week. Oh, yeah. Because next week is our last week of class. It is. Fuck that nonsense. Yo, real quick, yeah. episode 20. Episode 20. Yeah. Episode fucking 20. It's like a milestone. Yeah. 20 episodes. We have been doing this for 20 weeks. Yeah. And that's a little insane. That's five months? Uh, Yeah. I'm going to count yeah, on my fingers. Five months. Four, eight, 12, 16, <laughs> Yes, that is five months. I like months. how you announce it so people weren't confused. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, no, it's been five months, mm-hmm. which means that in when we're in episode 50, we've mm-hmm. been doing this for around a year. 50. So we have 30 more weeks to make it to a year. Divided by four. There's 52 weeks in a, in a, year, in a year. Carry the two. Minus. What? <laughs> Multiply by 100. Yeah. Take the derivative of 500. Yes. The fuck? Did, did I, M, e, e equals MC squared? Yeah. <laughs> but episode 20, that's a milestone. I'm, yeah, I'm it glad is. we're here. Super excited. Yeah. And for some reason that we've been trying to figure out since mm-hmm. we got here yeah we checked our soundcloud page mm-hmm. in episode 19 it's boosted all the way up fucking 27 plays out of nowhere yeah and yesterday it had like four so i yeah. don't know what the fuck happened mm-hmm. but thank you Hell i yeah. guess I'm, I'm guessing it's because um as you guys know and if you don't we're on google play music now right that's the only thing that i'm guessing because soundcloud yeah. can't tell me where the views are coming from yeah so i reckon that it's just having problem reading google's algorithms yeah yeah well, either me. way, uh, oh, real quick, we only got a few minutes yep. left. Um, Peaky Blinders, I think I said something about it three or four weeks ago before I started right. watching it. I started watching this show with um, your boy Tom Hardy. Yep. This show is, it's a top five show on TV. Is it like a, is it like a show that I, because a show that you have to watch, like Breaking Bad, you have to watch it for the cultural sort of profit, but it's uh, one of those shows? Yeah, yeah, you can't watch one episode and enjoy everything that's going on. Okay. It's like. I, I would dare to say you can't even watch four episodes and be stuck. It took me a day that I just had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. I watched an entire like six or seven episodes, mm-hmm. and now I'm I'm all the way hooked You're in. Hooked? Now. I'm all the way in. Nice, there. really, really good. show. I really like those shows. Yeah, those, those low burners. Oh yeah, yeah, those are great. And who the fuck is the the handsome guy that never gets shot in the face? I can't think of this guy's name. Mm-hmm. I, I had it written down somewhere else, but that's the only like unrealistic thing to me. <laughs> it's the year 1914, and like he's the the mob boss basically of the Peaky Blinders, the the crime uh, syndicate, mm-hmm. and he's like the most attractive person on earth. You know, yep. he has like the palest, whitest skin, the brightest blues of bluest of eyes. He's like in the best shape ever, <laughs> the best hairstyle, the best hair. Yeah, <laughs> it's just ridiculous, but yeah. Yeah, and, and no one hits him in the face. Ever. Never, no. Well, well, not a scar. They they did it on one episode to where <laughs> they just, they got it all out of their way at one time. Like they complete mash his face into pulp. Jesus. One episode, so we had to look like that. Mm-hmm. But the other three, every episode on the rest of the three seasons, mm-hmm. nothing like that. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. So Peaky Blinders, check that out if you're interested. I hear a lot of people talk about it. 
And I'm probably, this one of the few shows that I'm going to, you know, take a look at when I'm out of school. It's worth it. It's worth it. And just one more other thing before we close the opening. Yep. Uh, Bo Burnham came out with a new special. Oh, man. Make Happy. Nice. And I saw it yesterday. Mm -hmm. And holy shit, it's one of my favorite. Bo Burnham has climbed my favorite comedian. I mean, like, okay. he, he used to be on a tier lower than Marin and Louis. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's made it up there with Marin and Louis okay. for me. He, right. he climbed up the tiers. Yeah. And it's just because he's honest as a comedian. He is. And he tells the audience exactly what he feels about the audience. Mm -hmm. um, but he does it in a way that you never feel insulted. You mm -hmm. always feel like you sympathize with him. Yeah. And he's never sort of sucking the fan, the fan base's dick. He's always like, please tell me I suck. And so I can yeah. get better at it. And, and I think that's what his comedy is mostly about and i really love him he was one of my favorite comedians now if i'm not mistaken he was in a um a movie called in a world that was really really good oh nope you know what i take everything i, I said yeah. about uh bo burnham right. away i have been talking about dimitri martin god fucking damn it dude <laughs> jesus christ fucking Chris. Hold on. cut we're done we're done with the opening we're fucking done you son of a bitch did you just look up his picture and then you realize who the fuck he was? I thought maybe he had a haircut since then because the YouTube you were showing me and I was like, okay, I mean, tall, white guy, skinny. All right, Burnham and Demetri Martin, same person. Not the same person. No, we're done. We're done. <laughs> we're going to come talk about it. Go right. I'll catch you guys Sorry, later. Guys. <laughs>
Every movie doesn't feel like a slightly edited improv. No, it doesn't. It feels like everything was staged. Yeah. And everything was rehearsed mm-hmm. right down to the fucking point. Everything. And even the line delivery. Like, he's very precise as a director because yeah. he has to be. Yeah. But he has a great relationship with the people that he works with. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that. Definitely. And, of course, most of these people being Simon Peck and Nick Frost, mm-hmm. which are two of my favorite actors. Love Simon Peck. Um, so he has a great relationship with the people that he works with, and he's not afraid to include them in the creative process. A lot of the process in Shaun of the Dead was uh, in, involved with Simon and Nick Frost, from what I can gather from mm-hmm. the behind-the-scenes documentary. Yep. So he's very inclusive with his crew, which means that his actors know what he wants. They're mm-hmm. on the same page. They understand the language. Yeah. And that l- lets them make a really solid, solid product, yeah. kind of thing. And I fucking love that about him. And not to mention, he's fucking funny. Yes, yes. And um, in terms of visual humor, a lot of people don't notice it mm. because his visual humor isn't out there. You can sense that there's something different in his directing style. Yeah. And you won't really know why until you watch a lot of his movies mm. and you take notes on them. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, since a lot of people don't do that, they miss the fact that he plays with background noises and lighting really well. He does. If he wants to emphasize a certain point, He'll add a really dramatic sound effect in the background that's mm. like sounds like really far away, but it actually makes sense with what's happening. Like for yeah. example, when uh, in Scott Program versus the World, when uh, uh, fuck, what's her name from Parks and Rec? Oh, uh, Ari Plaza. Ari, Ari Plaza. Yeah. When she says you can't hit on Ramona, mm. he goes like, <sighs> but as soon as he said that, there's like a microphone feedback going mm. in the background, mm-hmm. and like the lights behind them shine yeah. really big. And that's suddenly just like, hey, this thing, this matters, and yeah. it's funny. Yeah. But it's not going like, hey, you know, you know the thing that I just said. It's mm. really funny. You Pitches should laugh at it, it right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what I really like about him. Channel that another example is mm. when the main bad guy is uh, smiling. He says, "Feel free to spool through this." Yeah. And then he smiles and does his fist thing. Yeah. Uh, the conveyor belt line has a bus, and it's like, ah, as soon as he <laughs> said that. And those are things that you laugh at, but you don't really know why you're laughing at them. Mm. And when you really look at what he puts in a frame and how he handles imagery, yeah, uh, it's just fucking like, uh, Man, so good. I had to, last night, I, I tried to break down Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. And ma- matter of fact, the reason I, I got to this point is because the um, the Corn Brothers, was well, wasn't a full Corn Brothers episode, but we were breaking down Barton, um, Fink. Barton Fink and uh, Huddersucker Proxy. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see the difference between uh, Ethan and, um, and Joel, um, Corn. Yeah, you, you know, want to see their differences. Yeah, yeah. One of them is primarily writing. I mean, they're mm-hmm. both helping with the writing, but one is primarily writing, one is primarily directing. Right. And, you know, and they go back and forth on it. And then I, I was trying to do some research on Edgar Wright, and Simon Simon Pegg kept coming up right. over and over and over. And then I'm looking at it. Simon Pegg was a, a co-writer with him and on, the head writer mm-hmm. on uh, three of the things that they worked on. Which ones? Uh, let's see. The Shaun of the Dead. He was okay. the head writer. Uh, let's see. I'm guessing Hot Fuss. Hot Fuzz, he was second. It was okay. uh, listed Edgar Wright, then Simon Pegg, and Scott Pilgrim versus World. Now that one, uh, in the World's End, the, the World's, World's End was so uh, the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. Simon Pegg co-wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is one of the best things that Edgar Edgar Wright has. It's uh, then this this where this where the um where the research kind of mm-hmm. took a took a turn because <laughs> I was like, all right, if this if this guy Simon Pegg, because I really like Simon's acting. Yeah, I love Simon. I love Simon's acting, and I, I found out that he was in Spaced, mm-hmm. the, a, a British show that I love so much. It's one of those shows that's like Maria Bamford's show mm-hmm. that is just so zany and out there that it has to be canceled because there's no audience for something that out there. Right. And I, and I was like, maybe this is just Simon Pegg, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I was looking at the directorial view from Hot Fuzz last night, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, some of these things you can't write. 
you mm. know, the, the way that these things are being cut. Yeah, and some directed. of those things are purely visual. Yes. And purely directorial. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, for for example, when um, in Hot Fuzz, the guy walks into the uh, the police officer's mm-hmm. uh, office. He sits down, and then the guy walks up and then hands the police <laughs> officer a slice of cake. And it, and the way that it's shot is just a regular slice of cake, and he puts it on the desk. And then, <laughs> the, but not only does he put it on the desk, mm-hmm. the cake shows up on the left of frame and mm-hmm. lingers while Simon Peck is talking. Oh, that's that's and the next shot. He, that's the next and shot. And then he shakes he shakes it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like he offers, he offers the officer the cake, and he's like, all right, so he gives it on, on the platter. Right. Then the next shot is showing Simon Pegg directly on, head, head on, and then a, a, a cake coming into the shot with his hand. Would you like some cake? <laughs> just no, thanks. Right no, no, thanks. I'm fine. That's in fact, sir. The geographical locations, that's in fact, sir, in the application of the law. No thanks. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> it is one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. So, so I, I was breaking that down. So I'm like, all right, Edgar Wright. This this dude is a master of directorial comedy. Right. You know, as far as breaking that down, and Simon Pegg has a very dry wit to his writing. Yep. And I was trying to distinguish the difference. And if it, if it was mostly Simon Pegg that I was enjoying, mm-hmm. then I was going to have to demote Edgar Wright down just a tad right. as far as writing. But, but, but I, I thought the same thing. I was going. I'm yeah. wrong. No. Oh, I, go ahead. I, I, I want to hear that, your thoughts. Yeah. Oh, see, I don't think yeah. that, and this is why. Because after after Hot Fuzz, mm-hmm. then you have Scott Pilgrim versus the world, right. and Simon Pegg is not involved in that whatsoever. Yeah, that's right. Is that, is a, that is one of my favorite uh, movies in general. Yeah, that, that's, the big, that's the biggest blockbuster of the entire Edgar Wright catalog. Yeah. You know? it, it, here's, I thought that too. I thought that maybe I am just enjoying Simon Pegg, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But then I, I thought that maybe they just have really good synergy. They do. Because they have the same sense of humor. Because mm-hmm. they do. I've seen them talk about yeah. uh, their films. They have the same sense of humor. Yeah. And Simon Pegg is a professional comedian. Yes, he is. And Edgar Wright is a professional director. Mm-hmm. So what happens when you get two really good professional people in their respective fields mm-hmm. and a great synergy? You yeah. get movies like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and fucking The World's End. <laughs> oh, yeah. And those movies are incredible in their own right. Because... And, all right, here's my favorite thing about Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. He finds interesting ways to show you the mundane. Yeah. And that's what a director should do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's good at his job. Uh, my favorite example of that is in The World's End when Nick Frost's character isn't drinking anymore. Yeah. Instead of just having a conversation about Nick Frost's character isn't drinking. Mm-hmm. They go through a montage of them going through the first three bars and yeah. then pouring water at every last shot. And they, that was Nick Frost's class. He he documents the passage of time like nobody else. Yeah, it's insane. You and know. the beginning of Hot Fuzz. Yeah. With the thing. super cuts with the train and the cutting from civilization. Yep, back and forth. And it's like modern taxi, train, shitty taxi, yep. no signal. Boom, you're where you're at. And you're like, holy fuck, that... And, and it makes sense. Yeah. And you don't know that it makes sense because as a viewer, you're just like, oh, that was nice. And it's like, yeah, and, and anybody that's, that's studying film, anybody that wants to get into that business, I mean, that's he's somebody that you're going to have to study. Yeah. You're going to have to study him at some point. I mean, even even as an actor, you should. I was... um What I was talking about in the opener, mm-hmm. um, we, we were out shooting and we wanted to show a passage of time and mm-hmm. the, the director and the producer were on set and they did not know how we were going to do that. First thought was fucking Edgar Wright right like how Edgar Wright do this is like you don't have to show a clock moving the entire time right you know there's so many different creative ways that you can do things like that and Edgar Wright is a master of it and the the first thing that we did together for one of our cinematography classes Mm -hmm. I took a page straight out of Edgar Wright yeah because I had to film a routine a morning routine so Mm -hmm. the guy can get to work yeah to show that he had this established and then he was gonna fuck up yeah uh, and I took a page straight out of it. Go right. It was two second shots. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. This is happening. A voiceover. Yeah. And then just like 
the rhythm of Edgar Wright is like slash 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 yeah, slash. Yeah. Wait, what's happening? Slash 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 slash. slash. <laughs> yeah. And I I fucking love the way he handles that. And yeah. Fuzz being my favorite example. But also mat- matching transitions is another way that he oh, does yeah. the passage of time. Yeah. Scott Program being one of the my favorite ones to do that. Yeah. Uh, name the scene when he's like falling asleep with the gay guy that's texting. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> And then suddenly, Wallace! And the scene is the same, but everyone's out of the bed. Yeah. Uh, they're just little shit like that. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And I, you've noticed that I'm quoting a lot of scenes from Edgar Wright. Mm. I've seen these movies a lot of times. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I've seen Hot Fuzz 10 times. And it's That's my least laugh. favorite of all his movies. Really? Which one's your favorite? Uh... So space was a television show. I'm gonna say Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. yeah. Shaun of the Dead for me isn't my favorite mm. because I'm not a fan of zombies, mm. and some of the comedy missed because I'm not a fan of okay. zombies. Yeah. Um, but it's still really, really good. And there was like 40 minutes of the movie where I didn't give a shit okay, about yeah. any other characters. Yeah. Um, but uh, so such a good movie. Yeah. It's so good. Let's let's do a rundown. I mean, yeah, let's has, do it. Uh, the first movie I haven't I haven't seen Fistful of Dollars, but that's his first movie. His first big time movie it was made in 1995, uh, starring Graham Lowe. He was in Hot Fuzz and Spaced, mm-hmm. and uh, Martin Curtis. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a comic western about a cowboy who seeks an evil man who caused the death of his beloved horse Easy. <laughs> so, uh, for a second, I was like, "Is he gonna say daughter or wife?" Nope, nope horse. horse. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody killed his horse named Easy, and um, they go to seek revenge. I guess it in a, in a western. That's the plot of Doom, the video game, except it was a yeah. rabbit. What? <laughs> yeah. Tell me, no, tell me about and this. In Doom, the video game, mm-hmm. you're just a dude in Mars yeah. that's in a space colony, mm-hmm. and demons come from a portal because they're doing research, mm-hmm. and then the demons kill his pet rabbit, and he gets angry, and he kills every demon that he can. Wow. They kill his pet rabbit, yeah. It's... And they, they never tell you that in the game. You find that out when you beat the original Doom. There's that a slide <laughs> that says, and he got revenge for his dead bunny. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is that the same plot for John Wick? Uh yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Saying, they like, kill his dog. Yep. And <laughs> he just goes on a rampage, rampage after that. Why is Peter not sponsoring these movies? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they kill his horse. Yeah, yeah. They they kill his horse and they go out. They go about the most like zany and wacky way to try to get revenge for the killing of the horse. I still haven't seen this. I, I found clicks on YouTube, mm. but um, I have to I'd look like that to one up. Yeah, yeah, ninety five. My one of my favorite television shows. Mm-hmm. It's called Space. It lasted from 1999 to 2001. Starring that's a, good, that's a pretty good run. That's like two seasons. Two seasons they had. Right. Yeah. Uh, starring a uh, Jessica Hans, Simon Pegg, and you know him from all of the rest of the movies. He's Simon in that Pegg. from uh, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, and I mean he does such a good job. I mean it's I don't I don't it's, I don't know how to describe a show that is just so ridiculous. But uh, mm-hmm. the premise for it is friend, friends Tim and Daisy, 20-somethings, that live in North London with uncertain futures must pretend to be a couple to live in the only apartment they can afford. That's really funny. Yeah, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's Simon Pegg and another lady, uh, Jessica. They're living in an apartment in London. They're pretending to to be... Basically, have you ever seen um Three's Company? Basically, uh, Three's... I think so. It's an old, old television show to where you have two women that are living with a guy, uh, Jack Ritter, and he has to pretend that he's gay in order to live with these two women because right. the uh, the leasing man, he won't allow a man to be living in there at right. those times. So basically, it's a, a kind of the same premise. He has to pretend that he's with this woman in order to keep the place. That's really funny. And he, he has to put up a front every single time the guy comes down to collect the money or they see him <laughs> in the building whatsoever. So he can't bring other girls around. None of that shit like that. 
Yeah. That sounds really funny, actually. It is. It's like, a really good show. I've seen American comedy handle that premise. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would love to see British people handle like British comedy handle that premise. I, w- I want to say that you won't like it, but you might, man. Because yeah, no. of the British aspect of it. But it's so... I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. It's the oddest, weirdest... I'm going to bring up another weird British television show. Don't let me forget. I'll bring mm-hmm. it up in the premieres. Hell yeah. All right. But yeah, Space. Mm-hmm. That was a 99-2001. That's the only television show that I've seen from him. But now we're going to get into the movies. Right. Let's run it down. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. That was my personal favorite. That was my first movie that made me honestly appreciate how a movie looks. Mm. Sorry, drinking beer. Right. Um, <laughs> that was the first movie that made me appreciate how well a movie can look. Okay. Or how good it can look. Yeah. Espe- especially because it was funny and the sequences are so interestingly put together. Yeah. If, if, like, in the beginning of the movie, when they're explaining the fact that everyone's turned into a zombie, mm. first of all, you don't know that for the first 10 minutes or 15 minutes of the movie. Nope. Because Simon Pegg is so oblivious because he lives by this routine so much. Yeah. And he's such a, he's a zombie in the metaphorical sense of the word. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I like the movie because it parodies the, the, you know, the... The living zombie versus the dead zombie. Exactly. Yeah. And Simon, which, by the way, this movie was a parody of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, In case anyone didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so <laughs> we see Simon Pegg go through his morning routine, mm-hmm. drop some money, buying a fucking Cornetto, yep. and going back to his house, mm-hmm. and just like no one knows what's happening. Yeah. And then he sits down in the telly, and you see his reflection in the television, and he's flipping through channels, and the combination of what every channel is saying mm-hmm. spells out that people are being eaten alive in London, and there's panics in the streets. Yeah. And it goes from like a Smiths concert to like a footage to like a comedian to like a David Attenborough documentary. Yeah. But the way that it's flipped together and put together sounds, forms a sentence. There's panics in the streets of London. Yeah. People are being in our life. You don't get the directorial craft anywhere. What the fuck? Where are directors that can do that? You don't get that anywhere. That's genius. You really don't. You really don't. I mean, Edgar Wright, we, I'm going to keep saying over and over yeah. again, he's probably the best. He's not He's not the best director in Hollywood. I don't want no, to no, no. say he's the best, but he's the best comedic director and as as far as like I said, passage of time, cutting things together to let you get an idea without throwing it in your face. He's good at his job. He oh, is man. good at his job. Oh yeah, that's the best way to describe him. Oh yeah. And so, so Shaun of the Dead for me was like the first movie that made me realize that films could be look both funny and mm. be funny. Yeah. And there was there were a lot of like little framing things that I'm geeking out about, mm. like uh, Nick Frost's character looking to a window, walking to the window, the camera follows him. Yeah. And then seeing zombies crawling out the window, coming back. And then he says, like, nope, still there. And the camera follows him through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Just the silliness of it, the fucking taking the piss out of the situation. That's you know? an odd thing. The, uh, what you said, look funny and be funny. Mm-hmm. Because usually for something to look funny for me, then it has to be slapstick, right. Jim Carrey, um, Three Stooges, you know, mm-hmm. type of stuff like that to look funny and be funny. And you really don't get that from a director a lot of the nope. time. And Edgar Rice is pretty much the only one I can think of that, yeah. that can yeah. do that, like, do that seamlessly. Yeah. Um, because even in movies like the Avengers or like big budget movies, the comedy and the action feel kind of disjointed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They don't really mix and match. Yeah. But if we look at the, his last movie, uh, not his last movie, but uh, the last of the Cornetto trilogy, The World's End, mm-hmm. action and comedy are perfectly put together. Yeah, I mean, he does they it well. Work. He does it really well. Um, but Shaun of the Dead, writing wise, stupid movie. Really? <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's a complete parody. The um the storyline is a man decides to turn his life around by winning back his ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. reconciling his relationship with his mother and dealing with the entire community that has returned from the dead to eat the living. Right. <laughs> That's what it's he's like a, do. It's like a rom-com zombie yeah. thing. It's like a zombie rom-com. Yeah. 
And it, I mean, it just works. It shouldn't work, and it just does. It definitely does. I and like that a lot. And Dylan, Dylan Thomas, he's a British comedian. Mm. He was in that movie. Dylan Thomas. Uh, he's, is, I hope it's Dylan Thomas. He's a really good comedian. Okay. Um, he's a British sort of sarcastic, dark humor comedian. Mm. And he was in that movie, and that was the first time I heard about him. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched a stand-up comedy about six years later, and I really enjoyed the guy. But I believe that he started out in Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Too. Right. So, like, there were good people in this movie. Yeah. Like, that worked in this movie. Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, Dylan Thomas, and and I'll, I'm sure that the other actors were, like, popular and, uh, in England. Kate Ashfield. Mm-hmm. Kate Ashfield. Yeah. I haven't heard a lot about her. Mm-hmm. But uh, this movie introduced me to a lot of the people that I still follow today. Yeah. And it's it's been a lot of fun seeing them change to what movies are going through. And yeah. Simon Pegg is now more of a Hollywood actor. He's in, he is. in Mission Impossible and Star Trek yep. now. He was in Ghost Protocol. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he is in the Star Trek. Yeah, he's Scotty. Holy shit in a cup. <laughs> that is him. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. All right, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, that was 2004. The next is Hot Fuzz, Hot 2007. Fuzz. Written Which by... is my favorite, favorite yeah. Edgar Wright That's, movie. I was, watching, I was watching that last night on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. Um, this, this is a rundown from it. <laughs> uh, exceptional London cop Nicholas Angel is involuntarily transferred to a quaint English village and paired with a witless new partner. While on the beat, Nicholas suspects a sinister conspiracy is afoot with the residents. Right. And that doesn't tell you anything about the movie. Nope. <laughs> Absolutely mm. nothing. Nope. Simon Pegg's in it, Nick Frost is in it, and Martin Freeman. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot Martin Freeman was in that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that movie's incredible. There's really, there's very little I have to say about that movie that isn't good. Let's hear it. Um, first of all, the filmmaking of that movie, the way that the movie is put together is mm-hmm. incredible. The the cuts are precise. The, the way that it's shot, I have mm-hmm. nothing bad to say about the way that thing is Absolutely shot. Even not. from the very opening scene to where it's just a, um, I believe it's uh, it's Simon, and he's walking he's walking in from way, way right. far back. And then you just, every single step, doop, 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 all the way until you get and to then the front of like, the And there's like two minutes of silence, and mm-hmm. then the voiceover starts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, who, what, guy, what director has that kind of patience? No, and what director has those kind of balls yes. to do that? I mean, he's a risky director. Yeah, that is very risky. He yeah. makes comedic risks that a lot of people would shy away from. Yeah. Um, for example, and, and, and the rhythm. We talked about rhythm when we broke down uh, Bart and Fink. Mm-hmm. Um, Edgar Wright has a rhythm of his own. Yes, he does. And it's very, you can see it. The example that I can think of the most is when he's sitting, Nicholas uh, Nicholas, the Simon Peck's character, sits mm. down and he's talking with the the chief. Yeah. And it was like, how's the hand? A bit stiff. And then people keep walking into the scene. Yeah. And everyone asks him when they walk in the scene, how's the how's hand? The hand? A bit stiff. Yeah. How's the hand? And then another person replies, a bit stiff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So like, you can, you can clearly see that he knows what the audience is expecting mm-hmm. and then he either breaks away from it so jarringly that it's hilarious mm-hmm. or it keeps you in touch with it with dry wit yeah and i think that's it's just fucking genius for me i love so much how he'll sit on jokes like, yeah i mean that's yeah he's he's amazing at and it. and even and he does this great thing with scale too what do you mean um this is more specifically for ant-man he was going to be director for ant-man yeah, he was yeah and i was really excited to see that because he does a really good thing with the size of things in the frame. Okay, yeah. So he'll, he'll like to make you think that something's really menacing mm-hmm. in the frame, and then he'll zoom, zoom out. Zoom out and very small. And it's tiny, and you're like, wait, what the fuck is that? Yeah. So like every, like his framing dictates exactly what the mood of the scene should be, the tone of the scene should be. Yeah. And it's just, it's beautiful it to is. watch. I mean, it's inspiring it even is. to watch a, a director do that well. Yeah. And, but Hot Fuzz, uh, probably my favorite chemistry between Simon Peck and Nick Frost. 
Do, has Nick Frost really done anything outside of these um these movies with Simon Pegg? He's done. He he, he was a. I think the biggest thing that he done was what, that he had done was a charity thing, that I remember that his name was associated with. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he did a couple of movies by himself I think, uh, when Simon was shooting the Star Trek movie. Oh. I think, and then he did a charity of some sort, but I don't remember what it was. He showed up in Conan promoting it. Okay. He does his stuff, but I don't think he's a. He's, oh. He's as big as in America. Oh, right. matter of fact. What did he do? The movie that I've been telling everybody to go see. Right. Over the past three weeks. The lobster? The damn, the, no, 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 no. <laughs> Much better than The Lobster. Yeah, Much which, better than The Lobster. I'm talking about this Snow White movie with Charlize Theron. Oh, is he in that? <laughs> he's in it. He's in it. Full circle. We all have, we all have paycheck movies. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to go see that damn movie. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I definitely think that Nick Frost is, is less American friendly than Simon Pegg. Yeah. But. He still does his shit. He definitely does. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, now we're coming up on their biggest hit. Mm. The Edgar Wright's mm. biggest, biggest hit. Scott Pilgrim versus the World 2010. That's the biggest cross-culture crossover that he's had. It's That's- weird that a, a British director mm-hmm. took an American-made comic. Mm-hmm. And like, because it was, I mean, the comic's pretty, It's the comedy's weird in that it's, comic. It's different. Like, yeah. um, he didn't, um, he's not the... The head writer on this, on mm-hmm. everything else that I'm that I'm looking at that he's done, it's been Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. This time Simon Pegg was off working something else because right. he's famous to sell by 2010. Right. A guy named uh, Michael Bacall, okay. who uh, wrote 21 and 22 Jump Street and oh. uh, Project X. That's really good. Yeah. So um, he he's the one that wrote uh, Scott Pilgrim along with Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. So you see a completely different um, comedic different style in, in the writing and mm-hmm. the tone. But that's why I turned all my credit to Edgar Wright because what you were saying earlier about mm-hmm. um, just the directorial style and the comedic style of it is still there. Yeah. Those same aspects are in Scott Pilgrim in every single one of those every, movies. He is consistent he, throughout. He very much is. Can't yeah. take nothing away from mm-hmm. him after that. But that's um, 2010. Uh, it's with Michael Sarah from Arrested Development. I think it's the only role Mike, that I found Michael Sarah to be spectacular in. <laughs> the, everything else that I've seen him in, besides um, the movie with James Franco and Seth Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen was like the world, not the world's end. Uh, uh, the, uh, no, uh, it was a. Uh, it was. This is the end. This is the end. Yeah. yeah. This is the end. I seen him in that. He plays something completely different from himself. So right. I mean, I like he that. He plays a lot. an asshole. In that yeah, movie. super asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, but the rest of the things he plays that regular Michael Sarah character, Arrested mm-hmm. Development, Juno, and Superbad, all of those are the same right. person. But for some reason, and and this is what I think happens when you get someone with a really good directorial talent mm-hmm. working with an actor that has a shtick. Yeah. Uh, it didn't feel like Michael Sarah had a shtick. Not on that movie. It felt like. Edgar Wright wanted him to be that person, yeah, and not Michael Sarah acting like Michael Sarah. Yep, and that's that's you know how do you say that's admirable. Mm-hmm. That's admirable in a direction. It definitely is. Uh, what's up? I want to. I'm curious what the official synopsis of Scott Pilgrim is. Oh, uh, very short. Scott Pilgrim must defeat his new girlfriend's seven ex. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim must defeat his new girlfriend's seven evil exes in order to win her heart. Yep. I mean, that's the premise for you right there. That is a, uh, and I don't know how many people have read the comics. Mm. I, I have never read the comics. I haven't either. Huh? Um, but it was the same thing, pretty mm. much. But the comics were so funny and quirky nice. and just kind of like silly and cartoony. Yeah. And the movie nailed that. I mean, it absolutely fucking nailed it. It did. And and here's another thing that I'm 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 glad that he did in this movie. Mm. Uh, special effects, right? People are we are Ooh. so concerned. <sighs> 
with hiding special effects mm. in movies and yeah. making them look as real as possible. Yeah. And making them look, you know, like they belong in that scene. Mm. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that yes. in this movie. I mean, the, he's having fun with the special effects. He's yeah. having fun with the imagery. The, my favorite special effect in the whole movie is when he's peeing. It's like, mm. hold on, I gotta go pee. And he starts peeing and the pee bar shows up and it just oh, empties. My, like it's so video gamey and cartoony and yo, silly. They, ah. they kept with that. One of my mm-hmm. favorite scene is like uh, I think it's like the last fight, and then like um, I can't even remember what happens there, but just change just falls everywhere like coins and tokens. That's in every fight. Yes, in every fight when everywhere. he wins, they explode into tokens. Yes, and Michael starts just like, oh sweet. Yes. <laughs> I'm like that's that's one of that. There's a movie called Amelie. Mm-hmm. This this movie uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World in Amelie. Uh, comparable those are my two favorite visual movies right. i love that so i mean scott pilgrim high kudos it, it, high it kudos. is a very 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 good movie oh yeah and everyone in it is really good yes uh, and there's not a person that's miscasted or feels mm-hmm. wrong especially uh-huh. aubrey plaza and the girl that plays ramona uh mary elizabeth winstead uh that that's ramona mm-hmm. she is very good and fucking beautiful lady yeah oh but, yeah yeah. Uh, mm. yeah great movie and uh, the last one that's uh, released, there's another another one in post called uh, the Baby Driver, right? Which is, right has uh, Tom Hardy in it, right? I didn't I didn't check. Yeah, I think it's Tom Hardy on the cover. Okay, yeah, that's that's in post now. But the last one that came out was The World's End in 2013, mm-hmm. written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> <laughs> Starring. It's Simon. like they work together. <laughs> yeah, it's almost <laughs> like they work together. <laughs> uh, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and uh, Martin Freeman. Yep. Do you see like a? Like a pattern? A pattern between uh, all of the, I mean, and anyone, like, that's from last week we were talking about, um, about uh, Steven Spielberg, the yeah. pattern of the people that he's working Producing with. Producing with, yep. Uh, successful people stick together. Yeah, they do. Like, clearly. They sure should do. <laughs> clearly, like, they definitely do. Um, I, I was going to say, The World's End, mm-hmm. that was the first, he's been in Simon Pegg movies, he was in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. But I feel like Hot Fuzz was the trial to getting Simon, like Martin Freeman in a real role in the movie. I can see that. Because he's a lot in, in The World's End. Yeah, he's, he's all very over that. good. He's yeah. all over that, yeah. Uh, the premise for that is um, five, five friends who mm-hmm. reunite in an attempt to top their epic pub crawl from 20 years mm-hmm. earlier unwittingly become humanity's only hope for survival. Yup. Um, it's silly. I mean, <laughs> the, movie, the movie's silly the whole way through. But when the ending comes, you're like, what the fuck? They become the only hope for survival <laughs> for all of humanity yeah. because they wanted to go on an epic bar crawl from bar to bar to bar. Was it like uh, within a 24-hour time frame or something? Too? Yeah, it was like yeah. it was it was the yellow brick road of bars. Yeah, yeah. And they had to go from the first one and do the whole crawl. It was like yeah. two miles of road. The last one was like, um, wasn't like the German like Das Boot type thing? No, was no, no. The-, the last one was called The World End. It was okay. It was yeah. But I mean, That's the, why the, the movie's called The World's End. But I mean, the uh, the beers that they were drinking. It was um. I felt like there was something like some big deal about the last beers that they were drinking at the World's End. Oh, because the bar the bar was about to close. I think that's what what was happening. Okay. I think the World's End, the last bar was about to close. Yeah. And they had to do just hurry up and get there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that's it. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was hella good. Yeah. Uh, that was that really good. movie is my favorite example of action comedy. Mm. Action comedy. Jackie Chan is good with action comedy. Um, but he's the star of the action comedy, okay. right? He's yeah. the forefront of it. Mm. This movie, everything about the action comedy is good. 
it's my favorite blend of action comedy. It's mm-hmm. not my it's not my favorite action comedy, but it does the the meshing of action and comedy the best I've ever seen. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what I mean. Not that it's the best action comedy, mm-hmm. but it's it's puts them together. The yeah, it's, it's seamless. It's completely yeah. seamless. Um, I've seen a movie called Let's Be Cops, and it's an action comedy, mm-hmm. but half the movie is comedy, half the movie is action. You know, there's there it's not blended well and. The world's in is just seamless. Yep. It's all one continuous thing. It's it's so good. Absolutely. I think the closest movie to do that recently in, in America was a Deadpool. Deadpool, yeah, yeah that Deadpool. was action comedy. That was action comedy. Hell yeah. It was the closest one to do it. Yeah. And it didn't do it as well as The World's End, mm-hmm. but you can tell that that's where they were going for, and it yeah. worked. It worked. It definitely did. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um. So yeah, The World's End was definitely the last. It's the last of the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. And it's my least favorite of the Cornetto trilogy mm. um, because, again, action comedy wasn't just comedy. It mm. was action comedy. Yep. But, and, and they had they obviously had to sacrifice some of the, the comedy. To yeah, for the action. Put in the action. Yep. Um, so it's my least favorite, but it's still just super high quality. It is. Like, for being my least favorite Edgar Wright comedy, mm. it's still, like, most of my favorite comedies don't even reach up to where the world's end is. I think this we're going to be getting more of this. I mean, I think the days of everything before Scott Pilgrim is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you so. know the Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Fistful of uh, Fistful of Fingers is what that's supposed to be mm-hmm. called, not Fistful of Dollars. And uh, Space. I think we're going to be seeing more Spot, Scott Pilgrim, more The World's End, yeah. more bigger blockbuster type movies. Right, and that's uh, and that's another thing that I wanted to mention mm-hmm. from not that I wanted, I just thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> How about I go right? He yeah. has a he he's used to working with a pretty small budget. Yeah. He's. I don't think a lot of his movies go past ten million. Wow. Yeah. Um, but when he got a budget, Scott Program happened, oh, and then yeah. the World's End happened. You yeah. Know? So like he's one of a lot of directors get shittier when they get bigger budgets. Sure. Because yeah. they don't know their limitations anymore. Yeah. Edgar Wright just got better. He did. He just went like, okay, I can do more of the stuff that I do. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, I want special effects here that look stupid. Yep. And I'm gonna go with that. But that's gonna look so stupid. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, just trust just, me. Yeah. Uh, that's and that's a. From Edgar Wright, this is the most important thing about directorial visions that I think Edgar Wright. Mm. I see confidence in his direction. Yes. I see confidence in his writing with whoever mm. the person he's writing. Yeah. I see full trust with his cast and his crew. Oh yeah. And I see someone that understands what a joke is. Mm. For being a comedian, my favorite thing about comedians is that they understand how comedy works yeah like you and i we are funny but we don't necessarily understand the full makeup of a joke maybe mm-hmm. uh right we can figure it out i actually sure. did some stand-up comedy so i resent that That's shit right. but all right so, <laughs> i don't know that i don't know how like the full setup of a joke yeah the full I'm, I'm chemistry not a, of a joke yeah i'm not great either so it's great. uh it's complicated it's yeah. really 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 complicated yeah and to have someone that understands it from the visual medium to yeah. the audio to like the audio the auditory yeah. medium yeah to even the like the stupid things that you have to be really imaginative about, like yeah. where to put your special effects, yeah. what colors to use, like yeah. what sound effects to use. Yeah. I mean, he knows what the fuck he's doing. He does. And no one fucking gives him credit for it. <laughs> Everyone watches his movie and is like, no, it was a good movie. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, he's going to get his credit. <laughs> he's going to get his credit. By the, by the year like 2020, he's going to get all of his credit. Yeah. Now I'm going to be off the bandwagon. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. I like Edgar Wright back in the day. <laughs> like y'all can have him now. I, I sure will. 
<laughs> but as for now, I'm going to give all the... Until people recognize him, yeah. until he's a household name to where you can go mm-hmm. by, do you know who Spielberg is? Do you know who Tarantino is? Do you know do you who know? Wright is. Exactly. Until you know who that is, then I'm on the bandwagon. Absolutely. And, and, and I, I think that that means you're going to be on the bandwagon for a while. Because he's pretty... He, even though he's really big as a director and mm-hmm. really successful, mm-hmm. he, he likes to stay behind the movies that he makes. I don't know if, yeah. if it's the popularity is going to allow him to. I mean, it's I'm seeing growth from Scott Pilgrim, huge. Yeah. The world's in, not as big, but still um, in the, a summer movie. Mm-hmm. And now this movie here, The uh, the Baby Driver, Tom Hardy is one of the biggest actors in Hollywood he right is. now. He so it's, it's going to be hard to, to hide. And, he was, and like I said, he was going to direct Ant-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. He is. And and I hopefully with that, better. Bigger and better. And better, yeah. Um, Edgar Wright, God damn it! If there's one person I would love to sit with on a mic and interview yeah. and talk about filmmaking, would be that motherfucker. All right, love. yeah. Edgar Wright, if you're listening, he's listening. Yeah, of course he's listening. <laughs> what do you mean? If? He's one of the 27 people that tuned in yesterday. Is, yeah. Uh, Edgar Wright, definitely. I would love to sit down and like that would be a dream of mine to talk mm. with that guy yeah. and record it. So that's an invitation for you, Edgar. Figure it out, <laughs> Edgar Wright. <laughs> anyway. I think that's pretty much all we have to say about Edgar Wright. Really. Yeah, we got into um, it. We got all the way into it. He's good at his job, mm. and he's one of the best directors out there. He is. And if you haven't seen anything about Edgar Wright, mm. you've probably seen something about Edgar Wright. <laughs> you've <laughs> yeah. probably seen one of his movies, and you just don't know it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, we're going to take a little break because I got to pee so badly. Mm. And then we're going to go talk about the movie premieres and what's coming up on Tully. Yeah. Have fun with the music. Also, I just want to point out that Chris updated his note-taking system. Mm-hmm. He is no longer in notebooks. He is now in printed paper. Now on printed paper. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've, I've always been like the person that wants to write things down because it feels like I'll remember it easier. Yeah. But now it's like, it's, I'm not a savage. It's 2016. <laughs> I don't have to live like that anymore. What am I, some kind of animal? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Writing with my hand and pencils and pens. I don't have to do that shit. Fuck that. Computer rights for me. Oh, that's fucking great. All right, we'll be right back, Mace. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. All right, so who's the gay guy? Oh, that's me. <laughs> me. <laughs> it's definitely me. I, <laughs> I just feel like who's the gay guy in Tree's company, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's supposed to be John Ritter. <laughs> but clearly it's me. <laughs> ah. Clearly. That would have been funnier if you played the Golden Girl theme song after that. <laughs> the, the next song is the Golden Girl theme song. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're back. I just beat, and now we're going to the premieres and television yeah. theme songs, apparently. Oh <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> Fucking Three's Company. There's going to be a television theme song episode. I swear I, for Lord. I you, love it. I will love give it. you that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Premieres from June the 14th through June the 20th this nice. week. Uh, starting out today, June the 14th, Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. It's going to be a comedy on ABC that's going to be on at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. The premise behind it, uh, 1980, the 1989 John Candy movie becomes a television show for the second time. This time with Mike Epps in the title role. Back-to-back episodes are going to be playing tonight, okay. Tuesday. Cool. So, um, Mike Epps, you might know him as uh, Day Day from Next Friday mm-hmm. or from Friday After Next or from All About the Benjamins 
or um, he was just in a terrible, like, scary movie type thing. Um, Meet the Blacks. Meet oh, the that's Blacks. not a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, with the Wyatt brothers? Yeah, yeah. He was just in uh, Meet the Blacks. So, um, and he, he was on a show called Survivor's Remorse with, um, it was a show produced by LeBron James. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, he did that. Man of many hats. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Mike Epps, he's now ha- ho- he's on his own television show on ABC, nonetheless. So nice. I mean, give I mean, him some network television. Network TV came a long way. Yep. I mean, that's a long way from being day day smoking weed in movies to being on network television. That's that's pretty uh, insane. I'll that's give like, him that. Yeah. That's no curse yeah. words. That's no drugs. That's no nothing. That's mm-hmm. family time television. Yep. So much props. Uh, next is uh, Wednesday, June the fifteenth. Another period. This that is, sounds really familiar. This is one of my favorite shows that's been on TV in a while. I love, 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 love this show. It's coming back for a second season on Comedy Central. It's mm-hmm. going to be on at 10 p.m. It's starring Natasha, Natasha Leggero. Okay. Love Natasha Leggero. I, uh, Ricky Lindholm. You'll okay. know You'll know Ricky Lindholm from, um, what's the uh, the group? Uh, not Simon, Garfunkel and Oates. Okay. The, uh, the tall blonde from uh, Garfunkel okay, and Oates. Okay, that's her. Mm-hmm. She, um... She's she actually, really funny. She is. She's also a co-writer on, on the show. Nice. The, this is the one bash. Oh, you, we've talked about the show before. Yep. I know it. Yeah, yep. go ahead. Now I know. Now I remember. This is the the only downside I've, I have on Ricky Lindholm, the co-writer mm-hmm. and the co-star of this show. And it's just, um, it's because we have so much information and so much access to these mm-hmm. stars now. And Ricky Lindholm, she had her own television show, Garfunkel and Notes, mm-hmm. with um, Kate Micucci. Yeah. And uh, they they had their own podcast for right. a while. Uh, uh, Ricky Lindholm did called Making It. Right. On this podcast, her and Kate Micucci, they would go out from place to place. On one day, they went to the Olive Garden. Right. They were recording their podcast at the Olive Garden. You know, yeah, it's awesome. So you're hearing their conversation that they're having, and you hear when the waitress comes up and takes their order and everything. Right. And then the um, Kate Micucci, I mean, uh, Chris, Ricky Lindholm, she orders her food, mm-hmm. and you hear her order the food. So right. when they bring it to her, and they bring her exactly what you heard her say, and they're just like, no, I didn't order that. So right. you know that she's the, the dick. Yeah, you know, she's because, being the asshole. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, so they was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought that you said this, but clearly you didn't say that. You said something else. I right. will take this away and bring you something back. She was like, you know what? No, what? No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, uh, Ricky already has her food, so right. I'll just have nothing. Right. I was oh, like, really? Yeah, she was like, I'll just have nothing. She's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I-, I can go get you something. No, I have nothing. And after that, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I would never want to be in a room with this fucking hooker. Ever, Jesus. ever, ever, ever. You know what? <clears throat> yeah. Get, give me, give me about, give me two minutes right. to say the word bitch without being misogynist. <laughs> you know, without being a terrible person. Because I want to use it a few times here. All right, here we go. All right, that was such a bitch thing to do. Number one. Number two. Want to use it again? All right. We were in, we were in class. We were in class, and um, it's a directing and producing class. And there, there was a man and a woman. These are professional actors. You know, they're, they're still in training or whatever, but they're mm-hmm. well older than us, and they're, they've been at their craft for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So my technique was I'm going to go up. I'm going to build a report with them, see if there's any kind of chemistry or fam- frame of reference that we both share. Right. You know? So when one of the actors, I had already built that report with him from la- the week before, right, two weeks prior. Right, he was a repeat. Yeah, yeah. We had worked with him before. Mm-hmm. So um, this new lady, I was like, all right, let's see exactly what she has going on, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I asked her what her favorite television shows are. And she was like, oh, you know, um, like Grey's Anatomy. I can watch Grey's Anatomy over and over and over again. And the first thing I thought of, what's the uh, what's the bitch from Grey's Anatomy? Like, not what's the woman from Grey's Anatomy? What's, what's the, the bitch? bitch yes. Not, I don't know. I never come heard on. the fucking show. The blonde, the blonde one that, like, everybody says she's a bitch on everything that she ever does. I don't know, dude. Oh, no, man. No, I can't let that shit slide. No. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy, bitch. Did you type bitch? Yeah, yeah, type bitch. <laughs> Everybody knows it. 
I think I know I know what her face that you're talking about. I just don't know who the fuck she is because I don't watch the show. She was Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl. Okay. There we go. All right. So as soon as she's saying that she's watching Grey's Anatomy over and over and over and over and over again, I'm like, all right, I feel like I know what kind of person this person this is already. Right. But let me not just pigeonhole her. Maybe she watches some other very good television shows. Right. So I'm like, all right, what else do you watch? Um, I really like reality TV shows. And I'm like, oh, maybe she just likes like reality documentaries to where it's like educational on PBS. You right. know? And then she's like, no. I'm like, for example, what kind of show? She's like uh, Real Housewives of, of Atlanta and um, the Real Housewives stuff you know where they're just very batty and catty and arguing and fighting and right. i'm like i would never ever want to share my free time with this bitch ever 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 you know just just on personal taste alone she, just on personal taste alone she was such a nice lady she she may have been and yeah. you know what i will i will give her the freedom to call me nigga a few times <laughs> <laughs> she, she has a pass if she <laughs> For some reason, you happen to hear this. Yeah. First of all, I thought you were a nice lady. Second, next time you see Chris, please call him nigga. You got three niggas you can call me. I done called you two or three bitches. You can call me two or three niggas when you see me again. Call an exchange. I'm just saying. Holy fuck. So, anyway, another period. I like, I, I like the exchange of incredibly derogatory words. Yes. You know? It's like, I might sound sexist, but I'll give you the permission to sound racist the same sure amount can. of times. <laughs> exactly. You know, we got to have some equity here. I need fairness. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all in the, the game for being fair. You know, you want to throw some niggas around, you got it. You know, you got a three-turn nigga pass, man. You got it. So that's, a, that's, that's Wednesday, June the 15th. Another period. Comedy Central, 10 p.m. Um, besides Ricky Lindholm, Michael Ian Black is on it. He's a comedian. He's really I'm funny. I'm sorry I turned into an audience <laughs> member, but holy shit. <laughs> good. Uh, good. Oh, speaking uh, of, the um, that song, the theme song that I was playing earlier was from a Three's, Three's Company, company. Uh, starring um, John Ritter. Mm-hmm. His son, well, John Ritter unfortunately died of cancer oh, about sure. uh, 15 years ago. Yeah, it was really unfortunate. He played um, Zach Braff's dad in the show Scrubs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, now, but his son, his son Jason Ritter, very, very good comedic actor. He's on another period, um, playing Ricky Lindholm's boyfriend. Okay. Also, Christina Hendricks. She's the um, if anyone's ever seen Mad Men, yeah. she was the red, the very busty redhead lady. Yep. So she's she's on that People show too. Remember her? Oh, I think they do. <laughs> she she was really good actually in that show. She was yeah. fucking fantastic. She was really really really. Uh, John Hamm. John Hamm also great job in Mad Men. Oh, they, they had really good chemistry together. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so that's that's another period, Wednesday, June the 15th. Highly encourage you to watch mm-hmm. that. That's so good. I love the show. And for no other reason than I don't want it to get canceled. Every time I love something, that means it's going to go away. Canceled. Yeah. So, so please like, watch it. Please this is season watch two. It. Please, please give me season three. <laughs> Guys, please. All right. Um, next is going to be Thursday, June the 16th, a show called Aquarius. Right. With uh, David Duchovny. David Duchovny, yeah. It's who, a, it's who, a, if you don't know, because mm-hmm. I didn't know his name for like 10 years, mm-hmm. his, uh, mol, mol, uh, sc- Scolder and Muddy. Scolder. Mm-hmm. No, it's Scully and Mulder. Scully and Mulder? Yeah. Mo- you fucked Scolder, me up. Scolder and Mully? <laughs> Scolder is, if they had sex, I would call them Scolder. <laughs> Scolder and Mully. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mulder. Scully. He was Mulder in the X-Files. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was, uh, what the fuck was the name? Californication. In Californication. He was Hank Moody. Hank Moody. Hank Moody. Hank, yeah. He yeah. was Hank Moody in Californication. Both great shows. You watch Californication, bro? I, I, here's the thing. I watched season one. Yeah. 
And then I suffered from the same thing that I suffered in Louis, mm. where the show was dealing with such awkward awkwardness. Oh yeah, that I just like. <laughs> but now that I'm a little bit older, mm -hmm. and now I'm like, I find that awkwardness funny, yeah. funnier now. I think I'll give it another shot. It's, it's really good. The last episode I watched when he was trying to, uh, I think, the stepwife or like he was in a stepwife's house. Okay. And like the sister or someone they knew, the daughter. He's, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stepwife. I'm the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he was in his ex-wife's yeah. house. I'm like, how does that work? <laughs> Your stepwife. He was in his, uh, his. It's when you get divorced, mm -hmm. and then I don't know what the fuck. I don't <laughs> have a joke. I don't have a joke. I fucked up. Okay. I can't. I can't break that one down either. The stepwife. I don't know how, what process you have to go through to get to the stepwife. Like I don't. Even he was know. in his ex-wife's house, yeah. and there was a. Uh, the stepdaughter yeah. from the ex-wife. Yeah, yeah. Is apparently really hot. Oh, the the sex episode. Yes. The, yeah. He had sex with this lady. Oh, he did. She punched him in the eye. Mm -hmm. And then three episodes later, they're having family dinner. He yeah. finds out that she's underage yep. and lives with his ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> he ended up writing a book, and then uh, she threatened to sue him for right. having sex with like an underage minor or whatever. And then mm -hmm. she took credit for the book and put her name on it and got minorly famous for a while. Right. So that was the last episode that I watched, the family dinner episode. Yeah. It's a really good show, really fucking funny, and David Duchovny is amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's so like, what about uh, Aquarius? What is it? That's called Aquarius. It's a drama. It's going to be on at 9 p.m. on NBC Thursday, June the 16th. It's listed as a gritty 1960s cop drama mm -hmm. about a cop. Who would have thunk? A cop drama about, about a cop? A cop. <laughs> it would have been funny if it was a cop drama about the dude that the cop arrested. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A cop drum who goes undercover to track Charles Manson and the Manson family shit. before their inf infamous murder spree. Fuck. So they're trying to track down Charles Manson before he can that do what he does. That sounds really interesting, actually. Obviously, he's going to be a tremendous failure. Yes. But um, it's going to be fun <laughs> to, to watch, I would assume. Um, the next show up is another one of my favorite shows. It doesn't come on television. It's just an internet television show. Mm -hmm. It's called Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. I fucking love that show. You've seen that show? Yes. I love that show. Jerry Seinfeld, man. Jerry Seinfeld. He did one with Obama at one yeah, point. Yeah. He did that one with Louis. Yep. Fucking love Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with getting coffee in cars? <laughs> You're drinking the coffee in the car, then it spills all over you. I don't... <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. Coffee in cars. I like, fucking <laughs> love... Jerry Seinfeld impersonation. Yes. He doesn't even so sound bad. like he, he doesn't, doesn't even sound like that. Like that. What's the deal with answering machines? <laughs> he sounds like someone that traveled from the past to the future and he's mm. trying to figure out what the fuck's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. He's, he's really funny. It's so funny. Um, shout out if any of you really like analyzing comedy, mm. the HBO released a thing called Talking Funny a while ago. Mm. It's uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Rick Louis C.K. and Yuki Gervais. Mm -hmm. Uh, talking comedy, talking yeah. about what makes comedy comedy. Yeah, really, really, really good talk. So good. Yep, so good. I'll be that's comedians in cars getting coffee. It's on the channel called the Internet. Right. So <laughs> tune into that channel. Uh, it's gonna be this season. It's Judd Apatow. Whoop. Nice. John Oliver. Another nice. good one. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Michaels. Oh nice. yeah. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, ABC or NBC. All of that good shit. Mm -hmm. uh, Margaret Cho. She's a comedian. She used to be on. Yeah, um, she she was in Weirdo Jankovic Stacky. Yeah, yep, yeah, I know what she is. Nice. Uh, J B Smooth. He was on um, Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David. Right. Um, he's in a lot of commercials now. He was on, he's on a show called uh, The Real Husbands of Hollywood with uh, Kevin Hart. <laughs> That's a great fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Jim Gaffigan is on his, his episode. Jim Gaffigan, nice. Yeah, he had the uh, the Hot Pockets uh, stick. Yep, know. I remember that. Hot Pocket. 
<laughs> Fucking Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, he's really, really funny. But that's uh, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. You can tune into that as soon mm-hmm. as Thursday, June the 16th. It'll be all over the Please interweb. do. So we need little shows like that, little yeah. quips like that. Just... I, don't, I don't think that show's going to go away. It's I mean, like a mini podcast, really. Yeah, yeah, that's um, visualized. Mm-hmm. But Jerry Seinfeld's worth uh, $5 trillion. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he's keeping fun putting this show on the air. Yeah, he is. The um, the next show is going to be Friday, June the 17th. Mm-hmm. Be- before before I list the show, because well, what, what I usually do is I'll write down the name of the show, then I'll look at what the synopsis slash like plot is, and then I'll write that the best parts of that down. Mm-hmm. I'll look, I went to read what mm-hmm. the synopsis of this show was, but when I seen the name of it, the only thing that I wrote down for the synopsis <laughs> is how the hell did this happen? How in the hell did this happen? I have, that's just the only thing that I've read. <laughs> this I don't know what I don't know. What, I don't know what this is. I'm with you on this one. The name I'm of the show you. is the Amber Rose Show. The Amber Rose. Amber Rose it was Isn't famous. That the model. She's the, a model the, of sorts. The finger Kanye. The finger in the ass model. Right. Yes. She's the 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 person the the lady. There's that, a lot of those type of models, by the way. She she. <laughs> She's the lady, the uh, Kanye West's uh, ex girlfriend. Yeah. Um, Wiz Khalifa's baby mama. Right. Um, Kanye. She, Wiz Khalifa she, as a kid. Yeah. Poor yeah, kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know. I'm kidding. I just like, <laughs> like giving Wiz Khalifa shit. Yeah. Yeah. But Amber Rose is the lady that uh, to rose to fame um, off Kanye West and Wiz Khalifa, mm-hmm. and most recently from sticking her finger in Kanye West's ass. Yes. Uh, what else? Yeah. Is, what else? So, so sticking her finger in someone's ass. She had something called a slut walk. And um, she has her own television show now. Okay, cool. So she's so, like a, she's like she she's like the 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 black equivalent of Kim Kardashian. Not as good. Not okay. Nowhere near as good okay. as that. I I really don't like. Her. I don't know enough about her to like her or dislike her. Have you have, speaking of Kim Kardashian? Have you yeah. seen that Kim Kardashian sex tape? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. have you have you really you really seen it? Yeah. Like, she's kind of talented. Uh. <laughs> She, I mean, it's like everybody always says how she just has a no talent, like no talent at right. all. If you watch that porno, you will find some talent within that 15 to 20 minutes or so. She has talent. <laughs> she has talent. So I'm right. not going to let you berate her. The, the, <laughs> Say the, she's talentless. The, the sex tape that that was like formative for my, my teenage years was mm-hmm. the Tila Tequila sex tape. i never seen that. Yeah, it was a lesbian sex tape. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the one that I'm familiar with. What Was there dildos or scissoring? Uh, I don't think it was any. I think it was yeah. just like mostly oral. Yeah, yeah. I can get down with that. But it, it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> right. I'm going I'm to I'm have to check that out now. I'm going to have to check that out. She, she's fucking crazy now, by the way. Tila Tequila is fucking insane now. Mm. She's. If you look up her, she has a YouTube channel. She's yeah. fucking bananas. Wow. What was? What did she become popular for in the first place? What did she do? Um, she was. She had a t- television show, like a dating show, at one point. Uh, she was a model. I think her dad was really famous. There we go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, nepotism at its finest. Yeah, it's like a Paris Hilton type deal. Yeah. Uh, but that's Friday, June the 17th, the Amber Rose Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a talk show on VH1 at 11 p.m. So as much bullshit as I just now talked about it, you're getting promoted. So suck a dick. Right. <laughs> which I'm sure she will. Um, the <laughs> Next is uh, Orange. Then stick your finger on the butt of whoever's dick you're doing the sucking that, on. That's the, that's the weird thing. Is like we're not, I'm not even going out of my way to promote like something that she didn't openly tell everyone in the world 
Right, it's not like we're it's not like we're slut shaming her. No, I mean, she she said this. She yes. openly said this. Yes, She's, so it's funny. Yes, <laughs> it's just funny when you say that you stuck your finger in a guy's ass to make fun of him. Right, and now we're making fun of you for, for saying it for becoming famous for that. Uh, <laughs> which is which is great in itself. <laughs> yeah, you're famous for it. So uh, shout out to, shout out to her. Really, apart from like the obvious dislike that we have from her, because she mm. like I, she obviously signifies some part of culture that we hate. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, congratulations to yeah. getting a television show and she made her way up, the, making it into the industry. Cause it's, yeah. not a, it's not an easy game. It is not. Amber Rose, yeah. aka Stinky Pinky, she is in there. Um, the next is gonna be <laughs> Orange. <laughs> I was gonna let it fly. I was gonna let it slide. Go ahead. <clears throat> the next is uh, Orange is the New Black. Mm. Yeah, season four. Season four is coming back. Yeah, I stopped watching after season two, but it was a really good show. Yeah, you know, you, you, I think me and you might get along really well on the shows that we like and dislike, or as far as like the cutoff line, right? Yeah, because Orange is the New Black is is in the same. Like the first two seasons are really, really, yeah, really good, really funny, and the third season is like it's good, but it's not the same. Right, it's not the same, and I, I imagine the fourth season is going to continue to go that direction, that unless they yeah. revitalize the premise somehow, but. There's something about like shows that are like that where the person is enclosed in a very specific setting. Yeah. It's two season, three season show at best. Yeah. You can't make it more than three seasons. It shouldn't. Yeah, but that's that's Orange is the New Black, a comedy drama on Netflix starring um Taylor Schilling. She plays Piper Chapman. Mm-hmm. Uh Kate Moore. She's one of my favorite actresses that I don't I've even seen. I don't know her from anything yeah. else. No, I don't know her from anything else yeah. either, but I'm saying that she's She's good. She's good enough as Piper that if I were to like if I saw her name attached to something else, I would watch it. Oh yeah, I would too. Yeah. I'll give her that. Uh, Kate Mulgrew, she plays Red, the um, mm-hmm. the lady that works in the kitchen. She also played uh, Captain Janeway on Star Trek Voyager. Nice. That's my favorite Star Trek. It. Yeah. She she was hot, man. She was like, she, well, she was young. You know, mm-hmm. she was, yeah. She still is what was. Like, fuck that, you know? I don't remember what she looks like, but I'll take your word for it. Hell yeah. Red. Um, but yeah. Um, and Laura Pepperone, you'll know her from um, That 70s Show. Yep. She yeah. is. Oh, man. She was. Mm. I had a crush on her for like 10 years. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of crushes, yep. some, someone told me yesterday that, um, what's the, the girl, something Robbie? Uh, um, Margo, uh, Margot Margo Robbie? Robbie. Yeah. They said that she's the hottest woman in the world right now. Um, I can't disagree, but I'm obviously not the hottest woman in the world. I mean, I, that's just what I was like, that's really? That's just a fucking hell of a generalization, isn't it? It, yeah, it, it is. <laughs> Seven it is. billion of us, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm like, the, the what? What does that mean? <laughs> you know? And she it, is very attractive and is. very, very good. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just odd to me because, I mean, Scarlett Johansson, like, had that title. Like, how do you have a title? Like, how George Clooney had that title right. or Brad Pitt had that title. There's <laughs> billions of people. And how are we all collectively saying that, oh, okay, you're better than us. Yeah, you're <laughs> hot enough to be labeled the hottest <laughs> of anything for, like, five years. Yep. And then another magazine will take a look at, like, a like Sailor Swift look like and then you're fucked. That's 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 what, that's what I'm trying to get to cuz yeah. when I looked at it uh Scarlett Johansson is 31, Margot mm. Robbie is 25. Right. You know, 5 years, 6 she has years. 5 years until people stop calling her hot. Yep. And then after that the she's going to start making She makes really good movies now. Yep. After 5 years after the hotness label wears off mm-hmm. and by Hollywood time. Yeah. Really what we're all saying. By the time that label wears off, she's going to start making a lot more ambitious projects. Yeah. And, She's going to be really good in like 10 years. She's going to have a really good filmography, I'm sure. I think so, too. Uh, the next is going to be Saturday, June the 18th. Mm-hmm. It's called Mother May I Sleep With Danger. It's, it's a, a dr- shitload of television show. Yeah. And the only reason this one right here got put on there, uh, Mother May I Sleep With Danger, a drama, mm-hmm. it's on Lifetime. I watch nothing on Lifetime. Yeah, neither do I. I watch nothing on Lifetime. It's on but- Lifetime, the Christmas movies? Uh, it's the um, it's women's programming. They specifically oh, okay. um, for, for women. 
Um, but but the reason why I put this on here is because James Franco wrote, produced, and stars huh. in this. It's it's a remake called Mother May I Sleep with the Danger on Lifetime. That's going to be at 8 p.m. Saturday, June the 18th. Nice. James Franco. Dave Franco, what the fuck is your brother doing? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every time someone invites Dave Franco to something, they're like, all right, so tell us, what the fuck is wrong with your brother? And every time the poor guy just like, I don't, dude, I just want to talk about the show. <laughs> I'm doing my own movies, man. Just let me talk about me. Oh, God. I don't know why he's on Lifetime remaking shows. I don't know. Fucking James Franco. Yeah. He's my favorite weird guy. I like him a lot. He's so Him great. and Shia. Love yeah. him a lot. Uh, the next show is going to be Sunday, June the 19th, The Jim Gaffigan Show on TV Land at 10 p.m. Is it like a Louie type thing? No. Or is it like a sitcom type thing? It's a sitcom type okay. thing. Very um, Jim Gaffigan-y. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and last... And maybe least, nope, last and certainly least, is uh, Monday, June the 20th, Real Housewives of Orange County, Bravo at 9 p.m. Let's cut that out. Let's cut that out. I want want to take a moment. No. (laughs) I've I've already given this lady her moment. But that's the reason why that that right there made it on the list. Because it automatically reminded me of this lady who said that was her favorite television show. Uh, I'm gonna see Christ. that. I'm gonna see that lady again in the future. I'm gonna see that yeah, lady one are. more day. Like that's that's spite, man. Fucking spite. Because as as I was uh, looking for a critique, she was right. like, "Yeah, when um when you did this right here and this right here, I was like, I would never want to work with this guy. I would never want to work with you." And I'm like, yeah. you know what? One day your 40 year old actress, ha- not not no job having ass, is gonna need me as as a director to hire your ass. Poor fucking lady. Yeah, and she's fucked. She's fucked. <laughs> Poor fucking lady. Like, why would you? Why would you say that to potential directors who are in charge of your job potentially yeah. in the future that you would not want to work with someone? That's ridiculous to me. But yeah, anyway, yeah. I'll see you. I think, around. I think it was a different context. I, I think that Every, was a, I took everything personal. That was a misconception. <laughs> that was a misconception of context. Yeah. Um. But whatever. You know, I'm not gonna forget that shit. It's okay. You I still know, like you, lady. I'm not gonna forget it. <laughs> mm. But anyway, that's that is it for uh, for television for the week. The next is going to be movie premieres. Mm-hmm. Really good movies. Finding Dory. Ah, Finding Dory. Did you like Finding Nemo? Hell yeah! If I, I have a dog named Nemo. Where the fuck is it? Oh, you do have Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. Yes, that's that's so true. I think you might like Finding Nemo more than me. Like it's one of my man. favorite movies. It's I, really good. I love that yeah. so much. Ellen DeGeneres, Albert Brooks, Ed O'Neill. Um, Wait, was Ellen DeGeneres the voice of Dory? Yeah. In the original one, yeah, too? Yeah. Really? Just God, keep damn. swimming. Just keep swimming. That was her. Damn. Didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Albert Brooks, uh, Ed O'Neill, you'll know him as uh, Al Bundy from Married with Children. Right. And uh, Caitlin Olsen, you'll know her as the Olsen that's not a twin. They, there was a non-twin Olsen? Yeah. There's uh, four sisters, I believe. Oh. But Caitlin Olsen, that might not. Hold on. That might not be the Olsen one. That might be the girl from... Um, All white people look the same. It's fine. That that might be the girl from <laughs> Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, maybe. That is. Yeah, Caitlin Olsen no, is from Caitlin Always Olsen. Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. No relation to the Olsen twins. No relation to the Olsen twins whatsoever. Paul Vernon, Mark Warburg, <laughs> Dimitri Martin, Kate Olsen. Yep. The list just keeps going. It Let's does. see how many he can fuck up. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> Um, and we are running so over. I'm going to speed yeah, this up. Uh, the last movie is Central Intelligence. It's uh, with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Kevin yep. Hart. PG-13 movie. It looks pretty fun for being a PG-13 Kevin Hart Dwayne Johnson movie. Yeah, I think that's going to sell very well. Yeah. Uh, okay, we are we we're running out Way of time. Way over time. The the one show that I wanted to bring the British show is called mm-hmm. Fried, and Fried. it's on Netflix. I think either you told me about it. Not me. No, huh? it was Sage. It was my friend Sage. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you. Nice. Um, he told me about the show. It's a British comedy show. Mm-hmm. 
about a dude that works in a in a fried chicken fast food mm. that's going down the drain. Okay. And he just works there and he has to deal with the shit that happens every day. Yeah. And it's like a slice of life television show, mm. but again, British humor and yeah. just self-loathing and fucking dark misery the whole time. Yeah. And it's it's really, really well done. And mm. I think people should watch it. Fried. Just for the shits and giggles. I mean it's not it's like six episodes. Yeah. So it's really it's a really good short amount of time to digest but it's really funny i'll do it yeah hell yeah uh and with that because there was a show of television shows today yeah uh we uh have run out of time yes so guys thank you for watching i hope you enjoyed this episode we love talking about it girl right what's next up next week uh next week i think it's a uh, jonathan freestyle no he's not no he's not no. he's not coming over i can't no. <laughs> i can't man i'm sorry <laughs> i can't with this guy <laughs> <laughs> we'll see <laughs> we're gonna have an episode next week and i may or may not be here i don't know <laughs> i'm gonna pull a hollywood and replace my black person in the group with another, with another white man <laughs> <laughs> nobody will ever notice nope all right thank you guys for watching we will see you next episode you can find us on itunes mm-hmm. uh, google play on mm-hmm. the itunes podcast app specifically yep Google Play Music app specifically yep. and SoundCloud. And SoundCloud. Under For Film's Sake Podcast. We are on all of those three platforms. Mm-hmm. And if there's any other platform that comes up that you can suggest, suggest mm-hmm. it to us. We'll find a way in there too. Yes, yes. Thank you guys for watching and have a lovely one. Late. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>